there is, there's the need to um, do all of God's Word and not just some of it. And one of the things that we talked about specifically was to be connected to Jesus, the vine, as a branch. But we also had to bear fruit. It's not just enough to say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. We have to bear fruit as a Christian. Now, a number of years ago, under the banner of total commitment, there was a movement among us where people spoke very strongly and really focused in and said, unless you're replicating disciples, you're not bearing fruit. And they put a pretty heavy guilt trip on you that if you're not baptizing people, making disciples of Jesus in particular, that you're not doing what you need to do in order to stay connected to the vine and that uh, your, your Christian walk would be uh, deficient. I think that's an overstatement. Well, I know it is. Now, we must bear fruit, but bearing fruit is much broader than just simply the replication of disciples. In fact, in John chapter 15, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, he, he said, yeah, we have to be connected to the vine, and yes, we have to bear fruit, but consider the imagery there. Jesus is the vine, we as disciples are the branches, and as branches, we must not make more branches, but bear fruit. And so there's more to uh, being a disciple than just making more disciples. And, and you can bear fruit without necessarily being successful in converting souls to Christ. Else, what do we make of Noah? Think of how long he preached and tried to bring people to Jesus. Would any of you say that Noah was a fruitless servant of God? I sure wouldn't. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. He did all that the Lord commanded him, and, and he is one of the heroes of faith. But yet, in terms of conversions, he didn't have a whole lot of success. But he was faithful to God, and he bore fruit for God. So here's what I want to do tonight. I want us to not feel guilty necessarily. Sometimes I hear people say that there's nothing I can do. You know, that's, that's the problem. I'm, I'm older or I'm too young or, or I have, I hear people say there's not much I can do along the lines of um, being useful to God. And they feel guilty and they, they feel uh, ineffective and ineffective and they, they feel like they're not doing enough. And, and maybe we sometimes aren't doing enough, but maybe some of what we're doing we don't give ourselves credit for. And there's more than just one way to bear fruit. And I want to share some thoughts with you today to uh, maybe help you to, to realize you're more valuable than you realize. And you're doing more for the cause of Christ than you realize. And what you are and who you are is valued by God more than maybe you realize. First of all, let me just say this, and I want to affirm this. We must bear fruit. And if you have your Bible with me <clears throat> or with you, turn to Luke chapter 13, the passage that Benny just read, and, and there's that parable that Jesus gave. And here's a man who comes. He has, uh, you know, some trees planted, and he comes to get the fruit off the tree, and there's no fruit. We had, I think I mentioned this, but when we lived uh, in Glasgow, we had a couple apple trees on our property. And um, 
most years we had apples, but a couple years we just there was nothing there. Well, you know, so this man goes to his tree and he expects fruit. There's no fruit. Goes another year, still no fruit. And so he's ready to, to cut the tree down because it's, there's no fruit. The idea is if you have a tree that is a fruit-bearing tree, it needs to bear fruit. And if it's not, then it's just in the way and we'll cut it down and, and uh, make room for something else. So that parable is given in Luke chapter 13. Also, turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 7 and look at what Romans chapter 7 and verse 4 says. Therefore, my brethren, you have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead. Listen, that we should bear fruits to God. See, we, we are married to Jesus Christ. We have a relationship with him. We've been delivered from the old law. We have been married to Jesus. But that marriage and that relationship that we sustain to Jesus is so that we can bear fruit to God. There's an expectation. It's not all about me, me, me. It's not all about what I get from this relationship to Jesus. I get him as my Savior. I get my sins forgiven. I get to heaven. I get, I get, I get. Paul said, no, there's more than just I get to this relationship to Christ. There is the expectation that you will bear fruit. Look at another passage in John chapter 15, and that's the one we mentioned earlier. But in John chapter 15, Jesus says, I'm the vine, and the Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I spoke to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather him and throw him into the fire that... They may be burned. Pretty clear in that passage too, isn't it? God, Jesus is the vine. God is the vine dresser. We're the branches. And as branches, we have to stay connected to Jesus because without the connection, we can't bear fruit. And if we don't bear fruit, we'll be severed from the, the vine and just cast aside. Uh, these are three passages anyway, and there are surely uh, several more that tell us we have to bear fruit. There's no such thing as a faithful, fruitless Christian. We have to bear fruit. And you see, under that, uh, under what some have said and taught and, and pounded for so long, you know, we sit there thinking, boy, I don't know then. If I've got to bear fruit, I, what have I done lately? I haven't converted. I've been working on people, but I've not had any success. And, and uh, I'm not making disciples, and I'm trying, but nothing seems to be working out. And so am I in jeopardy? Might I not have the approval of God? That's a very narrow scope 
of bearing fruit. Conversion, bringing about the salvation of another person, that's one way we bear fruit. Certainly it is. But bearing fruit to God is much broader. And like I said, I think you may find at the end of this lesson, you're doing more than you realized. And I want you to go home rejoicing in that and and taking up those avenues that you can do and that you bear fruit in and, and excelling in those rather than just feeling guilty because you're not doing one specific aspect that really hinges on another person and not necessarily you. So let's look at some of the ways in which we can bear fruit. First of all, turn your Bible to Galatians 5 and let's look at verse 22. Galatians 5:22. That passage is the passage where the fruit of the Spirit uh, is enumerated. But listen to this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then he goes, he says, well, there's no law against those things. Who makes a law against that? But that is fruit of the Spirit. When you allow the Spirit to live in you and through you, and you produce these qualities like love and joy and peace, long-suffering, goodness, patience, when you exhibit those things in your daily life, you are bearing fruit for God. You know, there are certain people, I I know we need to excel in all of these, but we are all better probably at different things, and we need to work on some of those things in that list, maybe more so than others. For instance, I know people that just excel in putting trouble down. You know, that they're good at maintaining peace and and doing that. And, and, you know, you have people that kind of have hot tempers, and they can just kind of quietly... Settle them down. That's a fruit that you're bearing toward God. Have you ever known anybody to just really be long-suffering? People have varying degrees of long-suffering. And and some people just say, I'm through with them. I'm just tired of it. I've talked to them and they haven't changed and I'm, I'm just done. And then there's somebody that says, I'm not quite ready to throw in the towel. I understand. Maybe they've been there. Maybe they've traveled that long, difficult road that that same person is on, and so they're more understanding. And they say, I'm not ready to wash my hands of them. I'm going to work with them longer. That's fruit of the Spirit when a person does that. And, and look at that list, love, joy. Have you ever met people that, listen, there are people, I can, I can name you folks from my past and, and that I have known for years, and if I want to get drugged down, I can give you a list of names. Get around them and all we're going to do is complain and gripe and criticize and I'm going to feel pretty low by the time I leave their company. But I also have a list of people that when I'm down, I know to go to them because they're just full of joy. They're people that build you up and lift you up and they, they see the good and they see the positive things that are in life rather than that's a fruit of the Spirit. You're bearing fruit. You're allowing God to use you and you live out this fruit in your life. 
Can you do some of the things that are listed in verse 22 and 23? Can you excel in some of those things? Gentleness. You know, sometimes there are people that are just kind of gruff, hard, tough kind of guys. And then there are people that just are gentle. You know, you can go to them and you can tell them your worst, deepest, darkest secret and and express your shame and they'll be gentle. They'll understand. They'll be patient and they'll work with you. Um, it's a fruit of the Spirit. All these things, uh, you know, uh, let's excel in all of them, but maybe some right now you're better at than others and I just want you to understand that when you allow God to use your life to exhibit these traits, these character traits in your life, you are bearing fruit to God. You're doing that which he says, I expect you to do. Look at another passage with me. And that is Romans chapter 6. If you have your Bible, flip to Romans chapter 6. And I want you to see verses 20 through 22. And that brings us to another fruit, and that is just simply the fruit of holiness. For you were slaves, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you're now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and to the end everlasting life. When you're not trying to do right, when you're just living for yourself, you're free of any obligation of righteousness that you might feel compelled to do. Why would I have to be good? Why would I have to deny myself? Why would I have to do anything that I don't want to do? You're free in regard to righteousness. But when you obey the gospel, give your life to Jesus, you become his slave and... Now you're to bear fruit, the fruit of holiness. Have any of you made decisions that reflect your relationship to Jesus through the week? Do you do that? You have a choice. I can lie or tell the truth. And because you're now a slave of Christ, you tell the truth. Your boss may say, hey, tell them I can't talk to them. right. Tell them, tell them I'm out to lunch. Do you lie or do you say, I can't tell them that? You know, when you act in accordance with holiness because you are now a slave of Jesus, you are bearing fruit to God. When you exhibit holiness in your dealings with people, justice and and doing what's right, these everyday things that maybe we take for granted. Well, yeah, I'm not going to cheat people. I'm not going to lie to people. I'm not going to... When you do all those things that maybe is just almost like second nature to you, if you do those things because you're a child of God and you're connected to him and you're his slave, this is what's expected of you and it's a way of life that you've come to know and to to try to live to the best of your ability, that is fruit of holiness. That counts. You may not be baptizing a person every day of the week, but you're making decisions that are holy based on your relationship with Jesus, and that bears fruit to God. 
Look at another way we can bear fruit. Turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. Hebrews 13 and verse 15 says this, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We offer the sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips. You've you've, uh, produced fruit tonight, born fruit tonight. Did you all sing the songs that we just sang a little bit ago? Did you participate in that? Did you praise God in the songs that we sang? If you did, you weren't just going through a ritual. You weren't just going through some obligation, some checklist that I said, got the singing done, now what else is next? You have borne fruit. It's the fruit of your lips to God. When we talk to other people about God, when we say a prayer and Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's bearing fruit to God. That is the fruit of our lips. When we speak a kind word or when we teach another person or when we talk in our homes to our children or to our wife, when we bring up God and, and how he impacts our life and our daily life, when you do those things and you give God praise and glory, that's fruit that is offered to God. You're producing fruit. When we sing, do you ever, when you're driving to or from work, just sing hymns, songs? Uh, It's kind of embarrassing. You'll catch yourself and people in the car next to you are looking at you like, what are you doing? Um, I've had that happen a few times, and I've been preaching a few sermons. Some of my best sermons have been preached in a car, but uh, uh, it's fruit. It's the fruit of our lips. It counts. Look at another passage with me. Turn in your Bible to James chapter 3 and verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. The fruit, the, the, the wisdom from above produces fruit in your life. There's a wisdom of the world that is very different than the wisdom of God. Um, somebody cuts you off on the highway, wisdom of the world says, cut them off a block down the road, you know, get even. The wisdom of the world is very different than the wisdom of God. And, but when you allow the wisdom of God to dic- dictate your life... Um, return evil for good. Uh, all those things that God says, this is the way you need to live, this is the way the world lives, but we're, we're counter-world. We live a different way. Um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's not the rule that a lot of people live by, but it is the rule. It is the wisdom from above. There's so many things that are upside down in the kingdom of God, but it's It's wise. It's the wisdom of God. And when we live out his wisdom and we make choices that run counter to culture and counter to maybe our nature, that's bearing fruit to God. When you pursue a higher plane rather than that base knee-jerk reaction, that bears fruit to God. 
Look at another passage, and that is in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. Turn in your Bible to Colossians 1 and verse 10. In that passage, we read this. Well, he talks about how that we need to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Do you ever do good works? Do you ever help somebody in need? Do you ever pick somebody up? Do you ever see somebody that's down? And, and you see that, and you don't want to just let it go. You, you go to them and try to say a kind word to them to, to lift their spirits. Do you ever know buddy, somebody that has done something worthy of commendation? And so you go seek them out and say, Hey, I saw your name in a paper. I saw your picture. I saw you accomplish this at school. I saw this happen to you or that happen to you. I heard you did this or that. I'm really proud of you. That's great. Do you do that? That's a good work. And by doing those things, you bear fruit. The good works, you ever mow your neighbor's yard? You ever help a person lift something that they're struggling with? You ever stop and give somebody help along the side of the road when they're broken down or offer them your phone to, to call for help? Or Good works. He says... That's a way of bearing fruit. And then look at this last one we want to talk about tonight. Philippians chapter 4. If you have your Bible, turn there. Philippians 4, verses 13 through 17. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you have shared in my distress. Now, you Philippians know that also in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Paul's a missionary. He's been traveling and going from place to place to place, and he needs support. He needs monetary support so that he can do the work that he's doing. And he said to the Philippians, you have been there for me from the very beginning. And you guys have helped me. You have sent me support over and over again. And you know, I really appreciate that. And I'm thankful for it. But you know what? Not just because you relieve my needs, but you know what else I'm thankful for? for all the fruit that abounds to your account because of your sharing, your giving. I don't know of many churches that have borne the kind of fruit that this church bears in relationship to this specific uh, issue. For what? How long uh, How long's the school been here? For 40 years? 41 years? I don't remember exactly what it is. For that long, this church and you as uh, members of this church, you have given money to help students train to preach the gospel. You've made that possible. And these men, for 40 years have come to this school, come to this congregation, and they've, they've been educated and trained, and they go out. Do you have any idea how much fruit must be abounding to your account? It's a tremendous thing to be a part of this congregation. Um, it's an honor 
to be a part of this congregation. And, and there is fruit that God has been accounting for you because of your generosity and sacrifice. Paul said, I, I really, you know, I appreciate the money, but that's really not the main thing. I think about the fruits. You see, all those people that I'm reaching when I go from place to place and all these conversions, you get credit for that. You're bearing fruit because of your sacrifice, your sharing, your willingness to help other people go where maybe you can't go and do the things that maybe you can't do. So back to the point of the lesson to begin with. We have to bear fruit. And there have been some who have uh, tried to maybe, well, I don't know if it's a manipulation. Maybe their intentions were good. But they've tried to say and tried to narrow fruit bearing down to one thing. If you're not baptizing people, you specifically, if you're not replicating yourself, then you're not bearing fruit and your soul's in jeopardy. And you better get somebody in the baptistry before it's too late. It's just simply not true. Now, yes, that's a way we bear fruit, and we need to work for that. And, that, of course, that's, that's the Great Commission. We, we need to do that. But, you know, that end goal of baptizing a person, that person has something to say about that, doesn't, don't they? I can't make a person obey the gospel. I, I can try my best to help them make that decision. Noah didn't have a whole lot of success in the preaching that he had of all the people in the world, he was only able to take his wife and three sons and his daughter-in-law's daughters-in-law. And, uh, but he was faithful and he bore fruit. Every time he spoke for God and all the preaching that he did, and Peter tells us that he was a preacher of righteousness, all the preaching and all the glory that he ever gave to God, Though he wasn't experiencing conversions, he was bearing fruit. I just want you to know that there's more ways than just soul winning to bearing fruit. We have to bear fruit. If we don't, you'll be cut off from the vine. But take comfort in the fact that you're doing so. Challenge yourself to do more. Is there room for improvement? Well, sure there is, but don't sell yourself short. You see, God takes interest in the small things. That temple that was rebuilt in the days of Haggai, it was a smaller temple. Those who lived, uh, who were old enough to remember the former temple, they cried when they saw this small temple that was the replacement It wasn't anything in comparison to the glory of the former, but God took pleasure in it. Zechariah talks about how that we ought not to despise the day of small things. And there's so many ways that we can bear fruit to God in just small ways. And let's just go about and not discount the little things that we do every day because we're Christians. Don't discount those. God takes notes. In fact, we'll close with this, Mark 9, verse 41. If you'll just but give a cup of water in my name, you'll in no wise lose your reward. Let's serve. Let's bear fruit. And I've showed you several ways that we can do that. Let's learn to excel in these, these things. This is what God has saved us for, that we might bear fruit 
for his glory. And let's be about that task. If you're here tonight and you're not yet a child of God, obey the gospel. There's salvation. Jesus has come. He left heaven, became a man, became poor so that we through his poverty can become rich. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, do that tonight. If you believe that Jesus was the Christ, is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he came and he died for you, then respond and do what he asks you to do. He says to repent and be baptized. If you haven't done that, do that tonight. If you're a child of God already but unfaithful and there are some things that you need to make right in your life and and you want to commit yourself to doing better and, well, in particular, living a life of holiness so that you can bear more fruit to God. We'll pray with you to that end if you'll come as we stand together and sing.